Hello and welcome to a new episode of SIS Masters Podcast. Very pleased to welcome today Dorian Roldan, GM of Lucha Libre AAA. He has just opened the 1st of April in Cancun, Lucha Titlan, a new entertainment complex with Lucha Libre at the core, a full show and a full immersion in Lucha Libre's and Mexican traditions. During the podcast, we will revisit the history of Lucha Libre. We will speak about this fantastic project, Lucha Titlan, the whys and the hows, and we will get Dorian's first thoughts on WWE just accepting to merge with UFC as part of a deal with Endeavor Group. A great moment with Dorian Rondan. Dorian, how are you today? Great to speak with you in English for the first time ever. We've been speaking so many times publicly in Spanish. And great to be with you today and speak about our favorite topic, Lucha Libre, but even mm. way beyond entertainment. Yeah. So first of all, thank you very much, Arno, for, for the invitation. The first thing I want to do is to apologize because my English is not really good. So let's see how it goes. But I will I will try to do my best. So do I. So do I. Uh, French speaking English with a Mexican speaking English. But at the end, I think it's good to do it this time in English to make sure uh, we get to an audience that eventually is not listening as much as uh, it would like about Lucha Libre, uh, because Mexican people in Spanish and know you very much. Uh, so it's a good opportunity to to spread your word and you know share your knowledge. So thank you so much. It's been a, quite an interesting week uh, for different reasons. We go through the reasons today. One of them is the opening of Lucha Titlan in yeah. Cancun. And the other one is uh, WWE and UFC joining under Endeavor umbrella. So a lot of news in, in your entertainment market. But first, uh, let's speak about Lucha Libre. What does it mean, Lucha Libre? Can you explain people who eventually don't know it too much what it represents? Yeah, well, basically, Lucha Libre in, in the United States, is it's known as wrestling. And in, in, in France, I think it's Le Catch. But in Mexico, it's it's not different. I think it's much more part of, of, of the Mexican traditions. And I think what makes uh, American wrestling uh, different from Lucha Libre, it's uh, much more a kind of a style. You know, for example, the thing that the wrestler wrestlers use a mask, that's a really Mexican thing. The second one is this storytelling. You know that in Mexico, we are like super famous because they're so popular. And I think that that kind of knowledge, we have taken that knowledge to the Lucha Libre, uh, to the Lucha Libre story. So it's like the Mexican sport soap opera, you know, so so. I have been in this business uh, my whole life. Uh, my family and the first one who was involved in the in the in the lucha libre universe was my 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 grandfather and my grandmother. So for me, it's part of my life. Part of your life. We're gonna go to that. So you mentioned in some ways Mexican wrestling, but we love to say it's this is not wrestling. This is lucha libre. Exactly. <laughs> it's quite different. So, uh, what does it mean for Mexican people? Because, as you as you just mentioned, it's part of the 
cultural heritage. I mean, it's so deep. Everyone knows Lucha Libre. Everyone has been to a Lucha Libre show. Everyone knows the superstars. So what does Lucha Libre mean for the Mexican people? Uh, it's a little bit difficult for me to, to explain it because I have been in this for my whole life and I have been like really deep with this. But I was talking with a really good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Jeff, Jeff Gomez. Jeff Gomez, he's the, the, the owner and the founder of, of a unique company called Starlight Runner. And Starlight Runner, it's a, it's a company that they are in charge of developing transmedia storytelling in the U.S. And Jeff has been involved in this superhero universe the whole time. And the first time that we were talking about wrestling, he told me, Dorian, the problem in Mexico is that basically there are like two, two dilemmas that, that you need to solve in order to have a better, a better community and, 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 and to have a, a better understand of why the Mexicans are like, like they are. So basically the first one is what, what he says, the Cinderella effect. The last 50 years or maybe 60 years, the, the, we have like a, a, two companies in the, in the TV outlets that basically are, were the most dominant for the last 60 years. Uh, well, one of them was Televisa. The other one started in 1990s and it's TV Azteca, but they have developed the soap operas, no? And in the soap operas, uh, the only way to be or to upscale your, 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 your way of life, it's, uh, getting married, no? Or by, by a lucky, by a, a lucky, uh, event in your life that make you, that you can become a wealthy person. So it's a, a little bit like the Cinderella story, no? Where you get married with the, with the rich boy. And the second one, it's basically that we don't have superheroes, you know? In America, you have the Marvel Universe, you have the DC Comics, Captain America about the values, no? Of being, of the proud of being an American guy. And in Mexico, the, 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 only the only guys that we have that you can be like like aspirational are are these kind of sports guys like Anello, Checo, no? These could be our our heroes right now. But in the fifties, they were the the cinema of the luchadores were super popular. So we used to have characters like El Santo and Blue Demon, and basically they were they were the superheroes. But in the seventies, the 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 cinema industry. We're going, we're going down in Mexico, so we didn't follow that. And and we don't have superheroes. And basically, for us, the, the luchadores are, are the, the real superheroes, and we want to develop that world. So, so saying that, the Lucha Libre has been super, super deep in the, in the Mexican culture. It's part of the Mexican traditions. Uh, it's part of of basically when you see a luchador, no, you know you're talking about Mexico, and and you can find the luchadores in the restaurants, you know, in other parts of the world. You can find it uh, in the World Cup, in the Olympics. So so I think that's part that's part of our roots. Even talking with another friend who who he used to work for WWE. Right now he's working in AEW. He told me, Dorian, I have I have trying to explain that to the to the executives in WWE that it's going to be really difficult to enter in Mexico because it's one of the only territories in the world, maybe just Mexico and Japan, where the tradition of lucha libre go much deeper than just the regular wrestling. No, so yeah. so it's a little bit 
And it's uh, it's funny to see that the superheroes are alive. Yeah. They're not mm -hmm. characters. Exactly. But they're mystical at the same way because uh, they wear the mask. If they go to a wedding, they wear the mask. If they go any public to any public place, they wear a mask. And any any everyone is respecting uh, the difference between the character uh, and the person behind. So you don't speak about the person; you speak about the character, and you respect that. So they're mystical and so highly respected, dignified. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, and just to 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 for people that basically don't know anything about wrestling, it's an entertainment sport, no? In the form of a performance that combines disciplines of combat and performing arts, no? To represent body to body combat, and and it's elab elaborated with stories, no? That confront the, the bad guys or the heels, no? Los rudos, to, with the baby faces or or or, or the good guys, the los técnicos, no? And and well, this is this is what what we present every single week, no, in the different TV outlets, no, and in the different live events all around Mexico. Mm. Mm. So Golden Age in the fifties, uh, with big stars going down after. Now tell us about the story of Lucha Libre AAA, a family business built by oh, your uncle, if I'm correct. When did it start? How did it start? And where it is now? Yeah. So, so let me let to talk about AAA. Let me start a little bit with with the origins of the of the Mexican lucha libre. No. Yep. Uh, the story of Mexican wrestling dates back to the eighteen sixty three something like that. No. The early the early matches were fought at mat level. No, without without the ring. No. And and then it evolved from mat level to aerial fighting. No. And and the mask is so important, no, that it is regularly used in luchas de apuesta that meet matches with a with a wagger, no. And this tradition began began in 1940 with with the first ma Mexican mask wrestler called El Murciélago Enmascarado, no. So so basically, it has become no all this thing about the lucha de apuestas part of lucha libre, no. In my opinion, no, the first, the first uh, big character or, or the first larger than life character was El Santo, no. Mm -hmm. El Santo, uh, he was in the different kind of movies, in merchandise. But imagine that in the 1950s, no, that was not so common. So, so El Santo was the first one. The second character was Blue Demon. Every time that that someone told me how. How can I explain to them the importance of El Santo and Blue Demon? I explain to them that in, in a superhero universe, they will be Superman and Batman, no? Yeah. And basically, the important thing about Lucha Libre are this battle, this eternal battle between the good guys and the bad guys, the técnicos versus the rudos, no? So, so prior to AAA, AAA was founded by my uncle in 1992, but there's The, the most antique or, or the most uh, old company in the world, it's Mexican and it's a CMLL, Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre. Uh, Consejo, it's a Mexican wrestling promotion founded in 1933 by Salvador Luterot Gonzalez, who is considered the father of Lucha Libre, no? And they, they have, they, uh, 
they has always been faithful to the classic style of Mexican wrestling, you know. Uh, is the oldest promotion in the professional wrestling business in Mexico and the world. They are the owners of Arena Mexico, no, at, at, an indoor arena that at, is the main venue for CMLL since, since 90, 1956, I think so. So mm -hmm. my uncle, he he started uh, start to be a wrestler over there. His name was Spectro Jr. And in the 1980s, he 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 get injured one of his knees, and he started to work in the in the back office of of CMLL. He started to run the press department, the booking department, the operations department. And in 1992, he has an opportunity to found his own company uh, with with two people who who used to work in Televisa, and they were in a in a C level over there. And in 1992, he, he found Lucha Libre AAA. And it's a Mexican wrestling company, no? Uh, that basically, he, 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 my uncle wa was an innovator in the, in the, in the wrestling business, you know? So, so one of the examples of this is the hexagon ring, no? Uh, he, he creates a new division, the mini estrella division that basically is the short people fighting, no? Or even the exoticos that basically is the people from from the from the uh, LBG community, no, to be part of the shows. So, so I think it's a little bit the the, the history of of the company. So, early nineties, mm -hmm. yourself. So you're born in Lucha Libre, mm -hmm. and very young you start helping and working. Now you are the GM, uh, and you in some ways owns the destiny of the company. So uh, the heritage and what you make of it, uh, so which is quite interesting. But what would you say is the mission of Lucha Libre AAA? As a mission, what we want to offer is the best Lucha Libre to the world, you know? And, and, and the problem is what does that mean? So basically we... We're working in different kind of, of projects with Lucha Libre. And the idea that I have in my own mind is how we can put uh, Lucha Libre Mexicana in the, in the next level, you know, to be recognized all around the world, not just as a, 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 as a part of the kitsch culture. Uh, but, for example, today we have the announcers, as you said before, about Endeavor with WWE and UFC. And I think... The Mexican wrestling could be in that level, you know. It's it's a matter of of how we can start to to develop and how we can start to modernize and how we can start to to put together all all all, all the engine and all the machine to make this work. Because at the end of the day, we are half WWE and we are half Disney, you know. Because those characters that we create every single day could be not just in a, in a in in a physical world, they could, they can, they can also live in a, in a, a fictional world. So, so I think there's, and we have a lot of history. So basically it's, there's a lot of work to do in the whole industry. And I know you're quite creative in that sense. Um, so Lucha Libre AAA, I've done organized yearly hundreds of events all, all around the country, um, a massive, uh, great talents inside, so great luchadores. Mm -hmm. And in the last couple of years, you've been working on massive projects. You And I, I'd like you to 
help us understand the origin of what opened this week, well, last week, which is Lucha Titlan. Uh, so you said you want to bring it you to another level. So what is Lucha Titlan project all about? Well, I don't know still what it is, you know. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> so so basically I have the fortune when I was younger that basically to 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 travel uh, to many places and 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 I'm a big fan of 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 the concerts and and all that kind of entertainment industry, you know, that 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 you can see in different places. So I remember that one of the days that I was super surprised was when I went to my first Sigdu uh, Soleil show, mm-hmm. and it was the O at, at the Bellagio, and and when I went to the Mulangush and when I went to the Crazy Horse, no, and and I remember every time that I go to a, to a different country, I I try to go to the to the show that represents the the, the whole essence and culture of Mexico. So, so in in, but my idea was also to create our own venue in Mexico City. You know, it's uh, for me uh, to 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 know that my 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 uh, competitor CMLL they have a venue and we don't have a venue. It's not it's not it's something that that make me hurt my 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 proud. You know, so so. One of the things that everybody asked me when I was younger, it was like, which is the next step? And it was like, we need to have our own venue. No? So, so Luchatitlan, basically, it's what in my mind, I understand like the new evolution of, of the Lucha Libre culture, you know? And and one of the things that is really interesting is that when you come to Mexico City, you want to go to the pyramids, you want to go to the, to the Trajineras, you want to go to Ataqueria, and you want to go to Lucha Libre. So if you go to Arena Mexico, and I went to Arena Mexico a couple a couple years ago during pandemic, and I was super surprised that maybe the half of the people who was in the Arena Mexico during pandemic was tourists. So so when we have this opportunity to open our own venue in Cancun, it was a no-brainer, no? It was like, you have the tourists over there. Uh, we are, how do you say in English, a caravan? We, we are like a tour. We are always touring. The, the the three the three hundred sixty five days in a year we're touring, and and Cancun it's almost the same, because all the people that you have every single day is different. Cancun is receiving thirty million tourists every single year, no, and 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 it's a fantastic place to put this kind of concept. And I remember that that uh, I was talking with a good friend that basically right now is our partner and he's the CEO of Ventura Entertainment. And when I start to explain to him this idea, he sent me in a WhatsApp, a document with, with the Harvard Business Review best articles, the 100 best articles. No? And he told me, Dorian, read the one about the blue ocean. No, And also they were talking about Cirque du Soleil and the difference with the regular circles. So it was like, dude, it's it's exactly what 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 I'm thinking of. So so we start to work in this project. We spend almost uh, three years. We have, uh, for example, uh, the big the biggest owner of 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 uh, how do you say of 
of, of the malls in Mexico, a fibra, the Fibra Uno, no? that basically they have uh, spaces of, of offices and, and apartments, but also these malls and warehouses are, are part in this project. You, we also have Ventura Entertainment that basically they are the biggest uh, operators of, 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 for example, Top Golf and the different aquariums in Mexico. And we also have uh, Coco Lab that basically they they have been in projects like Frida, the Frida Kahlo Immersive Project, and they have been working also with Disney in the in the hundred anniversary of the of the immersion uh, of the immersion activity that they are having right now in the U.S. And we have AAA. So basically, we put we put together the, the biggest in our kind in, in every single aspect. And we create this concept called Luchatitlan that basically it's an entertainment, it's an entertainment uh, place, no, where you have a restaurant and you have a venue and you have a daily show, and it's in Cancun in the in the most famous uh, uh, mall in the in the in the area called La Isla, and we opened this venue the last Saturday. Uh, it's a venue for 500 people with daily shows from from Tuesday to Sunday. And we are super proud of that, and we expect to be like the next, the next uh, medieval times in the city. No, mm. Mm. so it's interesting because instead of building a show and a venue uh, in Mexico City, which would seem kind of obvious and no-brainer, you decide to go to Cancun. Thirty million tourists, a lot from abroad, a lot of nationals as well. And you create a destination inside a destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of, no? The idea is that people people do not go there only for the show. Uh, they go like a O or Cirque du Soleil, where if you go there, you go just for the show and you buy your merchandise and you leave. Mm -hmm. But in fact, in Lucha Titlan is more than a show. Is it? It's the whole enchilada. Basically, you have live music, you have a story, you have like the, the whole experience. Of, of the Mexican cuisine, no? So so we try to put everything together, you know, like uh, the mariachi. So so it's basically like like going to a, a little village in Mexico to live the, the whole experience of, of of how you live in Mexico, no? Hmm? Uh, haven't been yet, just open, but uh, can't wait to get there. Uh, how many, how long do you expect people to stay in, in a venue? To stay well, basically, right now, how it's working is that basically you can buy your package, no, with 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 your dinner, and the dinner is starting six and a half more or less, no, and the show is starting at eight, so basically, and it's fin it's finishing at ten, so you are spending more or less four hours in the venue. Hmm? So it's an evening destination. It's an evening right now, but we are going to expand operations during during summer. And what is a show about? Because you, you created a specific show, I imagine. What is a yeah. show about? Well, basically, it's the story about the most important wrestler that has born in, in Luchatitlan, no? that is his own, his own town, that his name is El Monarca del Ring. He passed away a couple, a couple years ago, and there's a battle between two brothers that they, they just discovered that they are half-brothers. So, so we create a lot of different characters. We have also a mask versus mask female match, no? Uh, we have the Relevos Cosmicos that basically it's a regular guy with a with a gay guy 
and a mini and a mini luchador, no? Three versus three. So you have a little bit of everything, you know, and special effects, uh, uh, a lighting and a, a, pro, a production, a world-class production we, you, you have over there. Hmm? How long did it take from, you know, thinking, starting to, you know, starting to speak with Ventura? Uh, how long did it take to make it happen? And how complex was it? What were what the biggest challenges? Because many people would think, and I'm sure it's a great spectacle. I've seen a lot of your spectacles and it's fantastic. Uh, many people would think, oh, it's, you know, it looks easy, but it's so complex to, to make up such a project. So, so, so the first idea and the first phone call happened in November 2020. The, it was the, the first time that, that Fibra Uno and AAA, we get together in the Fibra Uno offices. Uh, and we started to develop the idea over there. The first time I fly to Cancun to see the space was in December 2020. The first time I made the first phone call with Ventura Entertainment was December 2020. No, um, and it the most difficult thing. It was during during pandemic. You know, so 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 not just the meetings to raise capital to do it with pandemic, with the suffering of everybody. No, our business was closed. No, we were protect protecting our our cash flow. And, and and to maintain the company alive was the most important thing. We didn't imagine that the first time that we were talking with 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 Fibra Uno, we were trying to open for Spring Break 2021. It was like, okay, let's try to do it in a fast way, no? And let's see if we can open immediately, no? And and it started like a small project. And at the end, uh, we have the we have the fortune of raising capital. Of bring Ventura Entertainment as a partner of the of the whole equation, no. Uh, what else? To bring Cocolab, no. Cocolab, it's 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 a huge company with different kind of projects, and and to put everything together and to create the customs and create the storyline, and and you can imagine all the problems that we have trying to put the the cost of the project knowing that we want during pandemic and the problem that we have with the iron and with the different instruments that we were trying to use in the venue so so even even simple things that you that you are not going to see right now but the amount of energy that the place needs no that the mall in the doesn't have and you need to develop directly with the lighting company in Mexico, no? So mm -hmm. so there are so many small details that you didn't understand really well, but I'm but you know what? I need I, I know that there are two things that you need to have in your life. The first one is the know-who and the know-how. No? And 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 we we have the know-how of how to develop an a really entertainment live event as Lucha Libre. And we went with the people and we have the know who, who are the best to do these kind of shows. So, so, and who can build the venue and who can be your realtor, all these kind of things. And we're super happy with the project. We, our opening day was, was the last Saturday, April 1st. And I think we have an outlier here. Hmm. So you build an you build a team of experts in different spaces because you mentioned many names 
um, for people into sports business, it might not be common names. So one of them is specialist in managing venues. One of them is specialist in storytelling. So what are the different expertise that you need to bring to create, you know, a destination as we as we spoke about, an entertainment destination? Well, the first one is uh, the guys who know how to run a venue. <laughs> run a venue, it's a totally different thing that, that to produce a live. We are, we are, our know-how is how you produce a one-day concert, no? A one-day uh, wrestling show, no? To to operate a venue, it's another different thing. So Ventura, they know how to do it, you know? For the people who are super engaged with sports, they are they are the, the operators of Top Golf in Mexico, no? Yep. So they know how to run a venue. The second one is uh, Coco Lab. They know how to build storylines and how to put uh, how to put all this multimedia no production in a show no. So so the three of us we were working together for the last 20, 20 almost twenty four months no, and and of course another thing was just to give you an idea when we start to develop this project, our estimate cost no was like five million dollars no. The final expense of, of, the, of the whole project was $10 million. Double. So imagine, imagine the day when you when you were raising the capital and you were looking for $5 million. And 10 months after that, you go with your investors to tell them, guys, I think we need the double. No, They want to kill you. No, <laughs> but, but everybody is, was super supportive. We receive a lot of... of Everybody thinks it's easy, no? but yeah. to and and as as I said to everybody, uh, a great part of my job was to raise the capital to make this happen. Basically, and it's the first time that I'm talking about it. It's the fifty percent of this project is AAA, no, and the fifty percent is other investors. So so to raise five million dollars during pandemic for a live entertainment venue in a mall wasn't easy. Yeah, so it means also. People trust you, uh, which I perfectly understand why. Means also the figures, the core figures of a business plan. You know, mm -hmm. That must be quite interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, what were the key, the key arguments that you had to convince the investors and then to raise even more capital? Well, each residency and localization mindset. Uh, I believe totally in the residency mindset, which plays well in key tourist regions. Uh, and allows international audience to experience the Lucha Libre universe firsthand, uh, creates a consistent, always on presence in these regions. And, and there, they are key aspects, no, that we have in, in all these process. For example, the potential naming rights, no, scale sponsorships that can become lucrative after Cancun is able to prove success around demand, size of venue, no, additional revenue levers. We can look to span it into other key tourist regions internationally, no? Maybe Cabo, uh, maybe outside from Mexico, no? So, so I think uh, so potentially the beginning of a long story, uh, in the yeah. sense that it's a first test and experience in Cancun. But as you mentioned, this kind of project can expand, uh, can expand internationally because. Every tourist coming to Mexico and getting to Lucha Libre universe 
It just fascinated. And, and right now, for example, imagine in, in, in smaller shows that can be a test for an intimate travel experience international, you know, yeah. think a little bit in the off-Broadway experiences, no? And there, there's there's a good potential over there. Hmm? Hmm. And the other thing is we are, we know that WWE or UFC or Endeavor is going to come to the region sooner or, or later, no? And we need to be prepared with a product that maybe it's not a, a, a frontal competitor to them. Yeah, yeah. Having the uh, venue, full immersive experience, it's quite different from a one-stop show somewhere. Mm -hmm. mm, I understand. Speaking about WWE and UFC, we've seen, I mean, it's big news. <laughs> uh, it's big news that they know both part of Endeavor, that they will join. Uh, so UFC and WWE will join. It's supposed to be a value, a company value of 21 billion uh, USD. What do you think? So it's different entertainment. So wrestling, combat sport, well, with UFC, they've been speaking about boxing, development in boxing. What is your view on this, uh, on this big news? And what does it mean for you as a company? It's fantastic the way that the McMahon companies has been working in the last 30 years, you know. If you see the economicals and if you see the financials, the way that they are uh, generating value to the company and to the investors, it's ridiculous. Uh, last year was one of the best performance companies in the in the in 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 the stocks in the in the US. So so right now, when let's remember a little bit. I don't know if you remember really well, like like when 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 Endeavor bought. UFC was a four billion in a four billion valuation, no? And for me, that was like, what the hell is happening there? So, so to create this new company, this merger with with UFC, and and to have a value between both companies of twenty one point five billion dollars, it's it's something that I I can only say I'm super proud that people in my industry can close these kind of deals, you know? So so. They have just created a, a live sports and entertainment powerhouse that that it's huge. It's it's huge, and and I think we don't understand yet how big is the, is this deal in the in the sports business. Yeah, because as you mentioned, both for four, uh, you see, both for four billion, which is which was at the time totally unexpected numbers. Uh, Matt Mahon, I think he bought in eighty two for one million. WWE. I know you've got a 21 billion, so who knows? It seems like sky is the limit. And and their audiences, TV audiences are massive. They're always top three in sports and entertainment events. And basically they are they are dominating all this thing, all these combat sports area. No? Uh, the 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 growth that they can have in in, in revenues. Uh, just in terms of, of of domestic and international media rights, a couple of weeks ago, WWE is making the lobbying to have bettings on on the wrestling side. So so all and and even all all those cost cost in the company that you can save that you can save 
making a consolidation of the backup office, no? It's right since since day one when they start when all this rumor about WWE was going to be sold, my two my two big uh, candidates to be the buyers was uh, NBC Universal because for me it was like really a no-brainer that the guy who is in charge of your TV rights were like a, a really solid candidate to do that. And the other one was Endeavor because putting together UFC and, and WWE it's a it's a great idea, no? And 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 expect and in my in my opinion, the next step is going for the boxing, no? So so let's see what happens. Hmm. So the company will be run by Ari Emanuel with Vin McNall and so on. It's going to be also a, a transition period that will be on a corporate business, corporate strategy and management uh, level. Very interesting. <laughs> um, so coming back to you, Lucha Libre, AAA has been organizing tours all around the country for years, very successfully. Uh, I don't know how many millions of people. I don't know if you one day you met that number. How many millions of people have been to your events? <laughs> no, the next level is Lucha Titlan in Cancun with a venue, uh, which is more more than a show. It's a it's an entertainment destination when you can get fully uh, understand and experience Lucha Libre and Mexican culture. And you said also that you don't really know what the North Star is yet because you're going to learn a lot from that experience. But you, where do you, where do you see yourself in, in the future? Where do you see Lucha Libre? Where, where do you want to go? It's a, it's a, it's a, a good question. Basically, I think we're just starting, you know? It's, uh, and, and what does that mean? Uh, we start this project of Luchatitlan, as I told you, in December 2020, no? And it's a reality until until April 2023. So reality is that the, the maturity that you need for, for each project, it's around two or three years, no? So the good thing is that we have, we know which is our next, and, and we have been cooking for the last, 12 months, a little bit, 14 months, the next project that I, I, I think is going to be huge for, for Lucha Libre. I cannot speak about it yet, but I'm really sure that before the end of the year, the the, the announcement that we are going to give is going to be really important, not, not just for us, for a lot of, of companies in the region, no, in the in the in the Latin America area. We are working in a in a huge project that I think uh, I told you that we want to be half WWE, half Disney, no? Mm -hmm. so, so we are working in the other half that we haven't worked before. So it's going to be interest, interesting. We have been working the last 14 months, and, and I think we are going to announce soon. And we have, and right, right a couple of weeks ago, we signed an agreement to start to develop the next project, no? Of 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 what is next for AAA as a brand in the U.S. No, so so that that's in in, in baby steps still. No, and I think the next year we can start to have a real presence in in America, 
So we have a lot of, of work happening here. Our headcount is going bigger every, every single day, no? Because Luchatitlan, because the new company, everything, no, that we are trying to develop. So we are in a in a growth uh, in a growth stage of the company. So so let's see how it works. Hmm. I'm reading a book now. I'm finishing to read a book called "The Next Five Moves," and okay. like you know, the chess masters they think always more than 15 moves ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, you make me think of that. If you have five moves, to me, you're already a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. The, the, the other thing that you need to be really careful is to decide really well which is your next step because you can also fail a little bit and become a, a, a no-lover, you know, like trying to be all over the place in, on, in all over the industries. A good friend of mine gave me that that uh, that advice a couple of years ago that, that you need to focus really well. You cannot be in in every single aspect if you are going to focus in a project go 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 deep to that but but that's a good thing about having good partners you know mm -hmm. if we were trying to create luchatitlan by ourselves that was I, i i can bet you that the learning the learning curve will be bigger and and and, and tougher that that with the good partners in our new project that we are going to present before the end of the year we have the best partners in the world no and and for the project that we are making in america what i have learned of all our failure experience in that market in the in the in in, in the last years it's what i told you know who and know how that's the two big that's the two big uh, uh, assets that you need to to have and and i have been in this market for for Almost 20 years. Uh, I'm getting old, so, so I know a lot of people, and I think that that really helps. Still under 40. <laughs> Still under 40. Uh, yeah. Well, congrats for that journey up to now. I like to hear that it's uh, it's a beginning, uh, because I think big entrepreneurs are always thinking that way. Every new step is the beginning of something bigger. Uh, and something more relevant, adding more value. So congrats a lot. Before we close our talk, we have a small ritual, I say it's masters. More sports, but in your case, we can we can expand it to sports and entertainment. So it's a series of quick questions for quick answers. Okay. What is your favorite all-time athlete or character? Michael Jordan. Easy. Why? Because when I was in the in the in elementary school, I was trying to play basketball. And and everybody that knows me in person knows that I'm really short. And it was a Chicago Bulls era. So so that that point about having all those guys together was like super aspirational for me. Your favorite event? Hmm. Needs to be sport, sports. No, sport. you can could be entertainment. The 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 uh, well, the YouTube concert that happened in the Azteca Stadium like 20 years ago was a, was an, an another one at a kiss. My first concert with my family was a kiss concert. <laughs> Imagine that with Pantera. The opening was Pantera when I was like 13 years old. So that was that changed my 
my whole concept of a of a concert. Your favorite stadium or venue? Wow. Um, Chatitlan. Yeah, of, of course, <laughs> talking about lucha, but but I was I was thinking a little bit in all in all the different venues, and for example, uh, the Madison Square Garden. No. Oh yeah, you've done the shows there. Yeah, and and because it's really iconic, you know, and 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 what's a difficult show that's that that gives for another story. But but I really love that place. Hmm? If you had one skill to add to the many skills you have. What would it be? I I I would love to read more. Okay. I don't know if that's a skill, but basically I think I need to read more. And and at least this year I haven't been so consistent with, with reading with reading what I want to do, all the books that I want. What professionals other than yours would you like to attempt? Investor banker, I think so. Ah, money talks. <laughs> I think so. Mm -hmm. Passion for driving value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If heaven exists, what would you love to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? No, maybe not God. No, but 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 my uncle and my father saying that that they are proud of of what I have done in in the in earth. Mm. That's beautiful. Dorian, thank you so much for your precious time uh, in the launch of Luchatitlan. Everyone can take a look at luchatitlan.com, if I'm correct. Luchatitlan.com, yes. Mm. Yes. Go to Cancun, enjoy the show or any show of Lucha Libre AAA anywhere in Mexico and outside of Mexico because it's not only here. Um, thank you so much again uh, for being part of SI's Masters podcast. I wish you the best. We'll, we'll see each other soon in Cancun, I'm sure. And we'll be in touch. Thanks again. Thank you very much, Arno. And, and, and as I told you at the beginning, sorry to all your audience because my English is not so good. So if you have problems, you can put like your closed caption over there to try to understand a little bit better what I'm saying. It's very much okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you, Arno. Bye-bye. Thank you all for listening to a new SIS Masters podcast. We'd love you to subscribe. Please leave a review or rate the podcast. It will help us improve. We'd love to see you in the next episode. Enjoy.